This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, September 15th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Nally. Here's today's headlines. Gulf ports brace for Sally. Stabenow, no blank check for USDA. And Packers can test fines. Don't miss our AgriPulse Summit, September 21st, for the latest on food and farm policy. Celebrity chef Jose Andres, Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue, Chairman Pat Roberts, Ranking Member Debbie Stabenow, all a part of an all-star lineup of speakers that will explore crucial links between food security and national security. Join us for this full-day AgriPulse Ag and Food Policy Summit, September 21st. Registration is free to AgriPulse subscribers and congressional staff. You can learn more at AgriPulse.com. Shipping shuts down ahead of Sally. The Gulf Coast and the critical agriculture ports of Louisiana are bracing for a blast from Hurricane Sally. In contrast to Hurricane Laura, Sally is much more on trajectory to impact the Mississippi Gulf region, which is very consequential to soybean and grain exports, says Mike Steenhoek, executive director of the Soy Transportation Coalition. As of last night, no northbound or southbound ship movement was being allowed along the entire lower Mississippi River. Roughly 60% of U.S. corn and soybean exports move through that region. Stabenow questions more CCC funding. The top Democrat of the Senate Agriculture Committee, Debbie Stabenow, says she's concerned about USDA's ability to fund a new round of coronavirus relief payments, along with making regularly scheduled Farm Bill program payments in October. But at the same time, Stabenow suggested she isn't ready to sign off on more money for USDA's Commodity Credit Corporation account without some say in how the money is spent. USDA has used CCC to fund the Coronavirus Food Assistance Program as well as the Market Facilitation Program before that. Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue has said he has plenty of money left to make the CFAP2 payments. Stabenow told reporters she doesn't want to, quote, provide another blank check to USDA when we know that what they've done is already not fair. Take note. Stabenow yesterday released an analysis by the Government Accountability Office of payments under the 2019 version of MFP. She thinks the payments were unfairly skewed to large operations and farms in the South. Biofuels to EPA deny remaining waivers. The Environmental Protection Agency announced yesterday that it's denying 54 retroactive small refinery waivers in the renewable fuel standard. And biofuel groups immediately called for rejecting an additional 14 waiver applications that are pending. This should serve as the final nail in the coffin of these gap year petitions. And we are eager to put this dark and sordid chapter in the history of the RFS behind us once and for all, said RFA President and CEO Jeff Cooper. Since March 2020, 17 refineries have submitted 68 requests asking EPA to reconsider denials or grant exemptions for prior years. By the way, the refiner-backed Fueling American Jobs Coalition says EPA is turning a blind eye to refineries and their workers in key battleground states like Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Texas. 
Payment options for refiners won't help, the group says. Packers to contest OSHA's COVID fines. Meatpacking giant Smithfield and JBS both plan to challenge proposed fines from the Occupational Safety and Health Administration for COVID-related violations. In the latest case, OSHA cited JBS for failing to provide a workplace free from recognized hazards that can cause death or serious harm. The proposed fine is $15,615, the maximum allowed by law. Reaction. The companies say the citations are unfair because they were for conditions in place a month before OSHA and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention issued specific guidance for the meatpacking sector. Both also said they had instituted numerous measures to address workplace safety. The United Food and Commercial Workers Union called the proposed JBS fine insufficient given that the outbreak led to eight worker deaths and over 200 worker infections. Corps proposing to ease water permits. The Army Corps of Engineers wants to make it easier for a wide variety of industries, including agriculture, to use Nationwide Clean Water Act permits. The permits allow certain activities that only minimally affect environment in waterways and wetlands under federal jurisdiction. The Corps is proposing to eliminate a 300 linear foot limit on losses of stream bed for a number of its permits, including Nationwide Permit 40, which authorizes agricultural activities. There would be a new half-acre limit under a proposed rule. Why it matters? Well, activities authorized under NWP 40 include construction of building pads for farm buildings, the installation, placement, or construction of drainage tiles, ditches, or levees, mechanized land clearing, land leveling, and the relocation of some drainage ditches. Don Parrish, Senior Regulatory Director at the American Farm Bureau Federation, said the group would be studying the proposal to ensure the permits line up correctly with the details of the administration's new Navigable Waters Protection Rule, which redefines what wetlands and waterways fall under federal jurisdiction. The view from critics is that some former EPA water officials say the rule would significantly increase the amount of fill material that can be discharged into streams and wetlands with little oversight by the Corps. Branstead's influence in China will be missed. Lawmakers and Trump administration officials say Terry Branstead's presence in Beijing will be missed as he leaves his post as U.S. ambassador to China and returns to Iowa. Over the past few years, amid rising tensions and trade conflicts, it's been reassuring to have an advocate for American agriculture bring his experience and expertise to the table and represent America's interests with the world's second largest economy. That the word of Iowa GOP Senator Chuck Grassley of the former Iowa governor. Branstead, who administration officials say played a key role in the phase one trade deal, didn't give a reason for his resignation. A source close to the ambassador said the decision was made months ago and is not health related. China bans German pork on ASF case. 
The reaction to Germany's first discovery of a case of African swine fever has been swift. China, which bought $867 million worth of German pork last year, is banning all pork from the country, even though the virus has not been detected in the country's commercial pork supply. German authorities detected the virus on a wild boar near the country's border with Poland. Any German pork shipped to China before the ban went into place will have to be quarantined for 10 days, according to China's General Administration of Customs. Officials in Berlin with USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service say it's likely the infected boar came from Poland, a country that has suffered numerous outbreaks in boars and farmed swine. Here's today's She Said It. I would feel very uncomfortable with that being the case because that question could be raised. That Senator Debbie Stabenow, ranking Democrat on the Senate Ag Committee, when asked whether she thought Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue tried to steer market facilitation program payments to his home state of Georgia. Georgia had the highest payment rate for non-specialty crops at $119 an acre and highest payment per individual at $42,500 under the 2019 MFP. But the state's $311 million in total MFP payments was far less than number one Iowa that received $1.6 billion. Many other states, Stabenow's home state of Michigan, received $261 million. Farmers in California, the nation's leading ag producer, received $317 million. Well, that's Daybreak for this Tuesday, September 15th. Brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Dowling.